This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn, as well as CEO of Comarch, digital marketing and sales for the home services industry. I can't talk this morning, Dan. In case you're wondering, everyone, we are we are recording in the morning. And with me, as always, is Captain COVID. I think that's how I'm going to introduce you this morning, Dan. So, so the captain of COVID, round two, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say or hack your way through good morning for our audience? Good morning. Um, yeah, Captain COVID, just a, a, a little touch the second time around, just to, you know, um, but uh, getting through it. Um, anyway, um, good morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if I, if I end up in a coughing, a hacking uh, situation, I'll, I'll, I'll mute my mic. But uh, anyway, this morning, uh, Good topic. Um, you know, we we always focus on uh, the positive, and and today is the positive. But um, uh, you know, we talk about when you need somebody, how to hire somebody, and today we're going to actually talk about when you need to fire somebody because it happens. Uh, sometimes uh, things don't always work out, and um, so uh, it's just going to be Donnie and I, um, and uh, we're going to discuss um, our experience when it comes to. Uh, um, you know, when it gets to a point where you have to part company with an employee. So uh, why don't you kick off the uh, conversation? Well, you know, I, when you said this is this is kind of negative, but it is a positive. It, it made me laugh because ultimately we all know that, you know, when we talk about when is it time to fire, this reminds me of a saying by the Marines, right? Which the saying goes like this, you know, everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. And so, you know, it's just one of those topics where you know that, okay, yep, this is where we need to go in order that things get better, but you got to take a step back or you have to do something that's really gut-wrenching in order to get there. And and let me just do the normal disclaimers. Um, I'm sure Jean will probably listen to this and she will probably cringe on a lot of things that you and I are probably going to talk about, Dan. Absolutely. We are <laughs> so, not lawyers. Remember that. Yes. I was going to be my disclaimer. It's like, look, at the end of the day, these are two guys who have been in the business. We, we you know, obviously, we, we, I'm a current operator. Dan has been an operator. Dan is very close to the industry in terms of the companies that we've worked with, both on the M&A side as well as the accounting. Um, I'm close to a lot of companies, but, but we are in no way, shape, or form authoritative. This is more just a discussion of, you know, as we have ran a business, as I have been in the industry, as Dan's been in the business, when is it time to make this decision? And that's really what this segment is about. It's not about, you know, this is how, or, or here are the rules, right? It's more about getting to that point and making that decision. And, you know, I think probably the best place to start this discussion is that, you know, I would say in any service business, really, you know, 95% of your problems are what, Dan? 95%. Yeah, it's all these people, right? And, and likewise, you know, it's the double-edged sword you know, your greatest asset in a service company, and by the way, your biggest expense as well, is what? 
Yeah, it's all people. And so that's really, you know, when you when you think about this topic, knowing who to hire and knowing when to move on is probably one of the biggest superpowers that you possess as a service company owner, because this is what you get into. This is what you really sell. You know, we all we all provide a service. I don't care if you do a past law on HVAC. It doesn't really matter if you're in the services industry. You know, your goal is to attract the very best people to your business and then have them perform at their highest level. And that's what you really, truly do. It's not, you know, obviously past or long. I mean, obviously, that's the function of your business. But you as an owner, you as a leader, you know, this is where you make your money and this is where it really, really matters. And so I know it's probably crazy for us to be talking about getting rid of people when we talk about, you know, the labor market is so tight. And usually when the labor market is tight or we don't have someone good in the pipeline, our tendency is to do what, Dan? To hold on to people way too long. I mean, it, it, and and also we're coming off of one of the greatest economies ever, right? And um, that's not always the best time to do business, right? It's a, it's great time to get customers, but it's a very difficult time to hire. And then when the there come when when the when the world is in recession and and things are horrible, you don't have the customers, but you have plenty of labor. So you know, you, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. So I think that one of the best uh, economies for us to operate in is something that's kind of not on fire, but not, you know, too cool. And then there are people around, but I've been doing this for close to 30 years. And this is a recurring theme for 30 years. I mean, people are very difficult there. People are plentiful, but um, how do you get the right people on the bus in the right seats aligned with what you want to do? And that's very difficult. And sometimes you bring them in and you'll never get them aligned. And, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, it's easy to make excuses um, once you bring somebody in. It's always, well, I can always turn them around. I'll send them out for training, I'll, you know, but, um, you know. <laughs> and that always uh, works. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, we listen, years ago when, when we used to do these mass hirings, we'd need 10 people and seven would show up. What do you do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's probably the key part here is that, you know, I think for for most owners right now, you know, and, and by the way, I'm going to put myself in this category. Um, I'm probably a little more lenient than I would typically be because it is such a challenge right now to find help. And, um, you know, it is a burden, you know, on people. And, and so when when you when you have to make choices like this, because at the end of the day, someone has to do what that person is doing uh, or, or not doing so great. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, really when we talk about this topic and we talk about what works well, what doesn't work well, it really starts with kind of a self-assessment, right? And, and I'm talking, and I would imagine that most people who listen to the podcast are probably owners um, or, or high-level leaders. And the thing that you have to realize is that you personally are the lid of the organization. Everyone talks about bottle caps and, you know, or bottlenecks, not bottle caps, but they talk about like, Hey, you know, there's this bottleneck or whatever, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to what will you tolerate? And it sounds such, it sounds so simple and it is simple, but it is absolutely a, a principle that I've learned over the years. It, it really comes down to what will you tolerate as a leader 
and what will you not tolerate? And being very, very clear on that. And so I thought what would be a good idea is for us to, you know, we're going to walk through this decision of how do you come to the decision that it's maybe time to move on versus, you know, you may just be having a moment, which which we all have. And, and so I thought the way that we could do this is maybe we'll break it down into kind of three things, you know, if, I mean, like three key um, categories, so to speak, of when it is time for you to start considering moving on. And the first category is going to be deadly behaviors. These are behaviors that a person is doing um, that essentially, in my mind, are, are, are deal killers. This, you know, these behaviors where if someone starts engaging in some of these behaviors, it's time for you to move on. The second is skill set. And then the third is values. And, and these absolutely, almost every single firing I've ever done personally, it's been that someone has done something or there has been no alignment in one of these areas. And so I want to start with, I'm starting with what I think to be the most, the most um, black and white time when it is time to move on. And so let's get into deadly behaviors. And, and this is where, you know, this for me personally, I always ask myself this question, and I think it's the golden question before I consider or I make a move on, on firing someone. And the answer to that question, or that question is, are they still manageable? Now, I'm sure this has never happened to you, Dan. It certainly has happened to me where I've got someone who, you know, they may be a good performer. They may not be a good performer. It doesn't really matter. Um, but for whatever reason, you, you know, I'm providing inputs and that person is kind of responding or they're not responding or they just plain out, you know, they not only they not respond, they're not doing it. And to me, you know, the dead, the deadly behavior here is, is that the person becomes unmanageable, meaning that you're providing inputs, you're doing all that you can to help this person, but either they're not uh, implementing what you're asking them to do or they're not following through on what uh, you guys agree to. And so for me, when I think about a dead, deadly behavior, the number one, and this is a black and white one, this is an easy one. If I have someone that I'm getting inputs into and they're not responding, you know, you have to call it for what it is. This is a person that's not manageable. This is someone who is kind of running their own program. And I have seen many a company where, you know, there's a manager, two managers, maybe even three managers where they all have their own thing and there's no cohesion and they're doing their own thing. And they have been, you know, the owner or the leader tolerates it. And so I don't know if you can think of any examples, either personally or what you've seen in business, Dan, but I know for me, this is the number one. If, if I see someone or I feel like someone is kind of in this realm where they're not responding to inputs, that to me is a clear sign that you know, it's, it's time for us to part ways. Well, just to, just to be clear, it doesn't mean that they're, um, you know, if they're teachable and, and maybe they don't have the skill set, um, that doesn't mean that they're unmanageable, right? So if um, somebody is doing something, you, you, you tell them to do something and they purposely don't do it, or they purposely, as you say, kind of run off the rails, that's, that's one thing. Uh, if they don't have the skill set, but they're trying, that's not being unmanageable. So that you get, you got to be careful. And also sometimes maybe you're in the wrong seat, right? So maybe they're not fit for that job. So be careful. But, but I see where you're going with this, that the deadly behaviors are, you know, 
are they going to um, create problems for the rest of the organization? Um, I was going to say too, and, and the reality of it is, is that everyone hears this and they think, oh yeah, well, we would never do that. I would never do that. And I'm not joking when I'll tell you, just a month ago, I was sitting in with a high level leader who was having a problem with his sales manager. And I'm like, you know, he's like, I tell him to do this. I do, I tell him to do this. I tell him to do this. And he ignores me. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, he brings in a ton of business. So I'm not going to do anything about it. <laughs> sales guys are notorious for running well, their own. So here's my question. And this is my question to him. And I'm, you know, this, by the way, this story has not played out yet. It is still very much in the throes of, of unfolding. But I asked him, I said, so what you're telling me is, is that, you know, this person is draining you of all leadership capability, right? I mean, and I'm not joking when I say this, is there's issues going on. This guy's selling stuff that doesn't fall under their standard programs. He's not following their sales systems. It's just so disruptive. And at the same time, this guy's selling, you know, but my question to that leader was, is like, are you really willing to, you know, take all of this destruction within your business just because you want to get that business? Because the fact is, is that I'm almost positive that, you know, does he have a golden boy? I don't know. But the fact is, is that you could replace that person and you may take a step back in the short term, but in the long term, the organization will be better. And so I think anyone who kind of reaches this state where, you know, you're their boss, you're providing inputs, they're not responding to inputs. At that point, it's a clean kill in my mind. Now, I'm not telling you that, you know, how you do it and paperwork and I mean, leave that to the HR folks. But this again, this is a podcast about getting to that decision. So that's that's kind of deadly behavior. Number one, deadly behavior. One thing that I would add is if you're a larger company, right, um, let's forget about the sales manager. Let's talk about technicians. So right at the right. If you're a company that has 10 technicians and you have one technician that can't fall in line and he's just a cancer, you can probably get rid of them and everybody picks up a stop while you're trying to figure it out. If you are a small company and you have two technicians and that's half your business, talk about that for a second. How do you get into the mindset where you're willing to say, you know what? For the good of the all, I need to take not a step back, but a leap back because I'm going to, uh, you know, disrupt half of my business. So yeah. how do you get to that? This one's a tough one. And here's my advice for By the way, I have been in this position early on. In fact, I remember and I'm not proud to admit this, but, you know, we're here on the podcast. Why not broadcast it to everyone? I'll just go ahead and do that. But. I remember years ago, we were hurting for people so bad and I had lost a couple of guys and we were growing so fast. I interviewed a guy who was a previous state inspector and meaning for the pest control industry. And I didn't like him. And I knew he wasn't going to make it. And I hired him anyway. <laughs> I, needed to, I needed to bring him in. But, you know, getting back to your question, hey, if I'm a smaller company and I've got some technicians and I understand that this could be a fatal mistake, that's a very real concern. And certainly I don't want anyone to take what I'm saying here is that you should just can them tomorrow morning. But, you know, the reality of it is, is that, you know, you can either be a victim or you can be proactive and being proactive is, is that you start getting on Indeed, you start giving yourself options because the fact is, is that most people don't make a decision or they don't make a move because they don't have any options. 
And so what you want to do is you want to create, you know, I mean, even bring in a third party if you need to. But the point is, is that when you have options, you're much more likely to make the hard call versus when you have no options. And that is really your goal as a leader, as a manager, is that you always have options. You don't ever back yourself into a corner where this is the only person that can do this one thing at this one time, because you're just asking, you know, essentially at this point, you're no longer a leader you know, you're, you're a victim, right? And you're playing it out and you're allowing it to happen. And so that's, you know, for, to get back to your original question, Dan, I mean, my advice for folks who have a smaller company, you know, when you have someone like this, don't can them tomorrow. It is going to hurt. It is going to be fatal or it may be, I don't know. But, but the fact is, is that, you know, back off, go get yourself some options, start doing, you know, interviews and those types of things. And typically when you're a smaller company, people pick up on what you're doing. Um, they may get back in line or they may not, but it doesn't matter because then you can make a change and it's not going to be a deal killer and it's certainly not going to hurt you. And so that's deadly behavior. Number one is if they become unmanageable, deadly behavior. Number two, and, and I feel like an old grandpa telling the story here and I'm telling stories on all of these, but this one is one that I think is really critical. And that is, you know, many, many years ago, when again, I was, I was actually, I was the branch manager for Triangle. You know, at least that was the role I was filling. Um, I had a technician who was just, he had gone through a divorce. He was having issues financially. I mean, this guy just had issues, right? And he was always pissed off, always mad about something, right? I mean, he was always, you know, coming in the morning, it was like freaking Eeyore up and down. You know, he just had this attitude of like, you know, this is wrong and that is wrong. But then you would look at his customer service scores. Fantastic. He'd get reviews from customers doing great. You look at his utilization, he was killing it. And you look at his sales and his sales are not great, but they were not. Long story short, this person was not, you know, numbers perspective. He was not a bad guy in terms of performance. So he goes on vacation uh, for a week. At least he tells me, just tells me his mom's sick. He's going to go to the north. This is in the middle of July at the at the moment. I mean, remember now, this is back when we were like four or five hundred thousand. We were selling a hundred and some accounts a month, which back then it was like, you know, for the small little team that we had, it was all we could handle. And then some. so he's out on vacation. I'm out on the route. So I'm out running, doing stops and stuff like that. He comes back on well, he doesn't come back. I come in on Monday after his vacation. His truck is here. All of his stuff is in the shop. And I thought, well, crap, looks like I'm running. A, I'm running a route until we can figure this out. So Monday morning, I you know, grab my stuff. I go out, I start running around because I've got to make up the stops that this guy now who has just quit, you know, with no notice or anything. And Janine, who was our, um, she was basically our only CSR at the time. She called me up and she was crying. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, two more guys quit that morning. So here I am, you know, I mean, this was catastrophic. It's a defining moment. You know, I'll never forget it was a defining moment for our business because it really was like I had no clue what I was going to do. So Janine's crying. Donnie, we, you know, we just had Billy. We just had, you know, yeah, I'm not going to use names here, but, you know, such and such just quit. I don't know what to do. And, man, I lied through my teeth. <laughs> just yeah. as big as I could. Janine, it's going to be just fine. Don't you worry. Just give me all the confirm. Let's throw all of our early times to the end of the month. We'll get through. Like, totally poker face, right? Which, 
And I got off the phone and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be awful. And so, you know, I think, and that was my own fault, by the way. I mean, there's no one to blame for that situation, but, but me, I saw it two months in the making and I just did not realize how much of a cancer this guy was. And so deadly behavior number two is when this person affects morale. If they're not bought into you, if they're not bought into the company, if they're not bought into what you're trying to do, it's time to move them on. Because the fact is, is that whether or not you like it, they are having an effect on your culture and they're having an effect on your morale. And you as a leader, you got to see that early and you got to try to make an input. But if that person still is not responding, and this is a hard one, right? Because again, when you look at their numbers, I'm like, yeah, they're doing great. You know, they're, man, customers love them. They're getting production done. But this guy, for me personally, he took out, by the time you included him, it was three people in the in July, which is the busiest part of our season, at a time that we were growing faster than we ever had. They put me in a really, really bad spot. And so for me, you know, deadly behavior number two is when you got someone who just can't seem to get with the program, even though they, and when I say get with the program, meaning they don't buy into you. Um, I hate to use this word, but spiritually, right? When they don't buy into you, like they don't buy into who you are and what you're doing and your company, that's a, that's a deal killer. And it's time to make that call. And so I don't know if you've ever seen or experienced anything like that, Dan. I'm happy to keep running through these deadly behaviors, but that one for me was a big learning lesson. And luckily, I learned that very early in my career. I mean, the company was probably three years old when that happened. We were super small. I know, I know the guy who worked for me who was your guy, the same exact thing. And uh, he, uh, I just remember he came into my office one day and started screaming, things have got to change around here. I'm not going to tell you what or who, but they got to change. And I said, oh, okay, that's a good start. Um, you know, and, and at, at that point I realized it's, it's, it's got to change. Um, right. I had that guy working for me too. Yeah. I think everyone does. Right. And, and those are tough, right. Especially when you don't have options because, you know, it's easy to sit back and say, well, that person is, you know, they're, they're doing their job. They've, they've got their numbers. They're doing what I, what I need in that role. And so it's not an easy kill. I mean, when I say it's not an easy kill, it's not an easy firing, but, but you absolutely have to have your radar up for someone like that because, you know, the problem is, is not necessarily that you'll lose them. In fact, I think it'd be a great thing that you'll lose them. The problem is, is that they will turn the tide. And, and a lot of really good folks or, you know, what I would consider to be, you know, middle of the pack folks, now all of a sudden, instead of buying into you, they buy into this person and and kind of all their negativity and and it just in the end you're going to lose all of them and so you just it's like cancer you just have to kill it early as, as quickly as you can before it spreads and so okay number three and this is another what i would consider to be a deadly behavior and this one I'm, i you know i call it the kill productivity and, and i don't know why i don't want to be like story time but i i <laughs> this is absolutely true i had a person one time who for whatever reason, you know, we, we're not super tech here at Triangle. We have a lot of tech in, in place. And, and in fact, a lot of the tech now has outgrown me, but this is, you know, again, back in the day. And we had a guy in the office, uh, and this was a guy who could not, for whatever reason, seem to keep up with what we were doing technology-wise as well as systems-wise. And this was a tough call. But this person could not, you know, what was happening was is that we were having delays on our technicians we were having delays in terms of scheduling we were having delays in terms of billing we were having delay. i mean just at the end of the day everything this guy touched somehow some way was either not done right 
or it was not scheduled right or whatever. And so what was happening was, was that people were getting pretty frustrated with this person. Unfortunately, we were, we were small at the time. And this person also had a role in payroll in terms of calculating commissions. And I'll never forget, you know, we ran a payroll and we, without knowing the commissions were wrong. And I paid it because the error was not like dramatic enough for me to catch it. And boy, did that cause a lot of issues. You know, people got their check to like, well, this is not right. And I started digging into it. And then, of course, anytime there's any question about your pay system, you know, that's a big and so, so that no, 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 no. And so point being is this person, while they were a great person and they were trying, they absolutely were killing our productivity. And so I had to let him go. And it was not an easy one because, you know, truthfully, he was doing all that he could and he was trying very, very hard. But I think, you know, the reality of it is, is that this is not a deadly behavior. When you've got someone who's unmanageable, that's someone that can do it, but they're running their own program. When you got someone who affects morale, that's someone that can do the job, but they don't buy into you. Number three, you know, they kill productivity. This may be someone who actually buys into you and wants to do well, but for whatever reason, they can't seem to get off the ground or they can't seem to to really get with your program. And so that that to me is an, is an easy. easy let, me, let me ask you a question on the productivity. So you brought in tech and we've we've run into this. You know, our accounting firm is it's actually way beyond me. We, we've got all of these young guys who are just, you know, implementing all of this technology and whatnot. And it's changing quickly, very quickly. And but at the end, at, at the end of the day, the core things that we do are not tech, uh, they're not technology items, but they are, it, the way you accomplish them is through technology. And the, the in this day and age, it, it's, it's all about change, right? It's all about being mm-hmm. able to embrace change. Technology happens to be driving a lot of that change right now. So what do you think, um, you know, and, and, and I don't want to say old or young because that's it's not always that way. But, you know, sometimes you, you you get a young person, you know, who comes in and they know their way around a computer and they just they grew up with it and it's natural. Um, but you also have somebody who might be a little bit older and has that um you know, the, the, the personality they've been around, they know how to deal with people, um, but maybe they're not as tech savvy. So where's the balance in that? Well, I think, you know, the issue here is not necessarily whether or not someone's tech savvy or not. The issue is, is this person growing and are they willing to challenge themselves? I'm okay with someone who says, hey, I don't know, the, I don't understand the technology, but the fact is, is and you're right, Dan, at the end of the day, we're going out and providing a service to the customer, period, dot. It's not complicated. To scale it, it gets really complicated. But, you know, when I think about, hey, is this is this person, because some people are like, well, I don't understand technology. And so my attitude is, is that, well, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to take the time or put in the effort to learn it. Because it's not like if someone's in their 50s or 60s or 70s or even 80s can't learn your systems. And, but if they if their attitude is such that they don't want to, well, then that's a problem. That's someone not wanting to grow, and that's someone that you know you're never going to you're never going to win with that. Um, and so, so bringing it back, you know, if they're good in other areas, I mean, obviously, no one is a perfect person. No one has it all. 
right? But if they're if you're they're Donnie, really good, you, Donnie. No, definitely not me. And if you spend any time with me, you'll see that um, a lot more flaws than I am positives. But you know, I think the, the reality is, that's right. <laughs> but you know, the reality is, is like if someone is not willing to get with technology because they're not willing to grow, probably not someone that you want to have on your team. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are in the service business. And the way that we make money in the service business is with gross margin. And since our highest part of cost of goods sold is labor, that means the name of the game to make money in services is that you've got to find ways to leverage people in the most efficient manner possible. That's going to be the biggest thing that drives your profitability. And so if someone, you know, if you can't do that or someone's not willing to do that, or they kill that productivity in any way, you've got to protect that margin. You have to protect that. And, you know, the fact is, is that you can't execute as a business and you can't make money. So number three is but that before you, before you, before you move on to that, I want to kind of bring that back because it's extremely important what you, the pest control P&L and lawn care P&L is a puzzle, right? And that labor percentage needs to be in that 20 to 25% range for, for pest control. And with wages going up, you know, with, with um, wage inflation, um, that is, you know, how do you hold that margin? Well, you can raise prices or you can increase route efficiency, but, but the increasing route efficiency and whatnot is part of that tech or whatever that, that you need to do to be able to leverage people. So think of it this way. It used to be you go to a supermarket and there were six checkout people. Now there's one and five self-checkout lines, and that's how they've done it. How can mm -hmm. you do it, right? That's what you've got to look at. Drones, Dan. Drones. That's what we need. That's right. No. And so anyway, you're absolutely right. And so and so that's, you know, again, at the end of the day, that's you got to remember the core of your business, and that absolutely is. It's managing productivity. All right, number four, and this one kind of goes with number two, but it is that this is a person that likes drama. And these people in my mind are so easy to spot because all you got to do is ask them how things are going. And they love to tell you about all the things that are wrong, either at home or at work or whatever. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because I know that there's listeners out there who, when I just said that, there's someone who immediately popped in your mind. I know when I say it, there's someone, a person that immediately pops into my mind. But you need to keep those people away from your business because the problem is, is that when they like drama, in the absence of it, what are they going to do? They're going to create it. <laughs> they are absolutely going to create it, and they're going to create it in your business. And the, you know, you know, we're all dealing with humans, and and obviously we're all human. And when you get emotion, emotions involved, and you get feelings involved, and it just you know, it goes back to killing productivity and affecting morale. You've got to make sure that, and not to say that, you know, a little drama, it makes life exciting. I know that, you know, there's folks that it's, it makes for great television and, and certainly good for ratings. Probably not something that you want to tolerate in your business. And so I can tell stories about Ident that. Identifying, identifying problems and dealing with them doesn't necessarily make it drama. It's just That's this absolutely you know, it's just this ongoing, you know, saga um, that, that that is drama. Yeah, it, it's almost like when you look at your, you know, it's almost like your customer base, right? Five percent of your customers cause ninety-five percent of the problems. I would say with your folks, it's probably the same. 
maybe it's 1%, right? One to 2% yeah. of your people. And these are typically people who are attracted to drama. And so those are what I would consider to be kind of the deadly behaviors. They're, you know, they're, in, I mean, again, there's, I'm sure there's more, but these are the four that I look at, right? If they don't respond to inputs, you know, i.e. they become unmanageable, they're morale killers, or they can't seem to, you know, work efficiently, or they kill it for other people, or they like the whole drama triangle, and you just want to keep that out of your business. And so, so bucket number one, when you need to start considering is that when, when someone is demonstrating these deadly behaviors, bucket number two, we kind of talked about this in one, but this one is a little bit more difficult. This is skill set, right? This is when, for whatever reason, and, and I've seen this so many times at Triangle, I've seen it in other businesses. You know, I know if you listen to this podcast, I already know that you are a growth minded owner. Otherwise, you would not be investing your time in trying to learn or trying to hear from others. Okay. Those are the kind of owners that I love. When it's time to move on from someone is when the business is growing faster than that person in that role. Now, generally speaking, when you have a frontline person, this is not a problem. Not always, but it's a lot slower. When you're a leader, like this is a huge thing. In fact, I would say it's the number one thing because, you know, as a leader, you've got to be out in front of the business and the business might be cycling up you know, at a great clip, 50, 60, 70%, maybe even more. And what that means is that your skill set and the and the skill sets of your leaders need to be out in front of that. And so I, and again, I can do story time for this. I've got several stories of people I had to let go because when they first started, they were killing it. They were just what the business needed. Their skill set was above the business and the business was, you know, it, it went very, very well because this person was taking care of it. Then we got on point with that person, meaning that the business grew to their level and then eventually the business outgrew their level and they did not want to invest themselves and invest themselves in doing the work or invest themselves or keeping up or at least getting in front of the business. And so these or, are or, very, or giving up control. Right. So when when you tell this that, you know, when you tell the story, I think of a client that was talking to me the other day, actually, and they had a CSR who knew everything. They knew all of the customers. They knew everything. Somebody calls in. They took care of them. Everything's good. We start working with them. Actually, they start working with Colmarch as well, and they start growing. And all of a sudden, they need a second CSR. Well, this person couldn't offload anything to that second CSR. That second CSR doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, you know, the, 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 you know I, I, I'm going insane. It's just too busy because they can't share the work. They can't distribute it. They can't grow with the business. But you were right. When the business was small, they were just what you needed. So that's kind of, um, you know, uh, you start thinking about that. Can they stay with the business? Yeah, and sometimes this doesn't necessarily mean that this person needs to be fired from the business. It just means they need to be fired from their seat. And a real discussion to have here is it's like, look, the business is running at this speed. You are running at this speed. I'm okay with you running at X speed, which is obviously we all know is slower than what the business is, but you're going to have to occupy a different seat that doesn't require you to grow at this clip. Because either either by choice or by capacity, for whatever reason, we got right person, wrong seat, or wrong person, wrong seat. In both cases, it's wrong seat, right? And you've got to make a change. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the that's the you know that's the cold hard reality, and those are the facts that people don't want to tell you. But you know, for me, you know, bucket number two is skill set, and that is someone who is not growing with the business, or 
for whatever reason, they're not a good seat for that person, meaning that, you know, they may have good, you know, people skills. They may have much like what you talked about before, Dan, they've got, they've got good skills in working with folks, but they don't have very good technical skills. That's, that might be a case of a, you know, right person, wrong seat, and you just have to make a change. And so that's kind of bucket number two. And I'm kind of paraphrasing here because we spend, I spent too many time telling stories like old grandpa, so I need to stop doing that. All right. Bucket number three. I think this one is easy. You know, bucket number one was, you know, deadly behaviors. Bucket number two is skill set. Bucket number three, this one is one that you really need to enforce. And this is one where you have to take some time and get clarity. And this is what I would consider to be the values bucket. You know, if you've not taken the time as an owner to sit down and clearly define these are our core values. And if you, you know, run a, a larger company, and I know this sounds cliche-ish, and I know it sounds like, oh my gosh, I've heard it all before. It's just the management du jour, right? I promise it's not. Because, you know, we did this at Triangle a few years ago, and I always thought doing this kind of stuff was like, you know, eh, you know, it's stuff that makes people give, you know, gives people something to do and they can all feel good about it. If you slap it up on a plaque, it goes on the wall. And nothing really changes. That, by the way, I would say is probably how most people do values in their businesses. Now that we've gone through the process and, and you know, I, I guess you could say I've become a disciple. It has actually helped us tremendously. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that, it, it you know, the, the problem that we work in is that as a leader, as, a, as an owner, you're always working in fuzzy. You never have. I mean, I shouldn't say never. It's rare at least for me personally, that I have a black and white decision to make. It's always different shades. It's always small trade-offs. It's always like, it could be this way, it could be that way, it could be whatever. I never have a clean kill. And so, you know, when you have core values and you've thought through that, then what that does is it brings a lot more black and white to the gray, you know? And, you know, for us personally, you know, at Triangle, our we have an acronym for our values. This is not, should not be your values. It's just ours. We call it go rise. It's growth, ownership, respect, integrity, service, and excellence. And those is what we chose. Now people can choose other things. Some people may choose one. They may choose six. I think the last time I checked at Fox, it was 18 and growing. I don't know, but you know, it was just, they have tons and tons of values. But, but the fact is, is that when you have those and everyone's clear on it and you something that everyone has agreed to, then when you have someone who doesn't align with your values, it gets very, very clear that it's time to fire. And, and we've had, you know, the CEO of Traction on this podcast before. I'm not affiliated with Traction whatsoever. I don't get any kickbacks. I probably should. But, you know, I had heard about Traction for a couple of years before we started implementing it here at Triangle. And I thought it was the management trend of the of the year right i mean you know how these things they come and go right something comes in ooh, we gotta go do this and then and then two years later it's a new system and ooh, we gotta go do this and no one really i mean it's like nothing has any you know staying power it was and so anyway i was pretty reluctant and this is probably me not probably it was my own ego that i just was like i'm not going to waste time on some management thing that everyone's jumping on the train. I'm not, you know, I'm better than that. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, we can keep going there. I mean, if you ever met me, you know, I'm a knucklehead and I've got to, you know, the only thing that's bigger than me is my ego. So anyway, long story short, and Dan's smiling, by the way, and shaking his head. Yes. Thank you, Dan, for that. Um, no one can see that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, 
So I read traction. I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I've heard it all before until I got to the people analyzer section in that book. And essentially, this is such a fantastic idea because it was the very first time that I could see this is how you build a culture. And, and essentially, if you've not looked this up, you got to grab the book, at least read that chapter on people. And all they do is they have you identify your core values and then you list out your core values and you list out your people and you say, how are they doing? Do they fit my core values? And when you're able to do that, now all of a sudden you can very clearly see that, hey, I've got a values fit or I don't have a values fit. And when you don't, you know, fundamentally, there's going to be conflict with that person, not only with you, but with everyone else in that organization, because, you know, your goal as an owner is to attract people who buy into your values and that you've all agreed that, look, these are things that we don't compromise on. And, you know, everyone's different. And you want diversity. And I get that. But this is one area that you don't need a compromise in. And so, you know, for me, you know, I do this people analyzer at least once a quarter. And I think you should do that because, you know, obviously people change. And you, you, what it does is it makes it clear, like either you need to have a discussion or you need to move on. And so, you know, I would say the bucket number three is knowing, you know, looking at a values fit. If someone doesn't fit your values, and this is the, this is the hard stuff of it, is you never make exceptions on values. If someone has an issue with integrity, and that's one of your values, you need to can them. If someone doesn't want to grow and is not buying into growth, they need to go, right? And I'm not gonna, I mean, again, I'm not gonna go through our core values, but, but the fact is, is that once you've kind of thought that through and you've kind of racked and stacked your people, you know, especially your leadership team, all in, 100%. There should be nothing on that people analyzer where someone is, you know, you do like a positive, neutral, and a, and a negative. You know, if you've got someone that's got several negatives, that's a pretty clear sign and it's black and white that your values are not aligned and they probably never will be. And so anyway, I don't want to sit here. I would add that there is one thing. So so what we've done at our accounting firm is we've taken those core values or the people analyzer kind of thing and uh, we've put it into that balanced scorecard. And we're actually going to offer a product, not the, for a cheesy commercial. We're going to actually offer a product where we uh, create and, and use the scorecard, but basically you can do it yourself. So for us, we have four things that we focus on that you have to be aligned. Results, accountability, learning, and growth, right? So maybe a results might be monthly production. You got to buy into doing that monthly production. And so that's a quantifiable area that you can say, okay, he's bought into production. And then you can break it down different ways. Accountability, what do you do behind the scenes? So for us, we actually track our, our uh, client managers, how much phone time they do with clients. So we know that they're accountable to the clients and speaking to the clients. And you can relate this to your pest control or lawn care business and then learning. Uh, you know, in, in order to be an accountant, you have to get certain educational requirements. Same thing with technicians, right? And then with growth, you know, that's personal growth or professional growth. You know, what are you doing to, um, you know, uh, uh, outside, um, you know, the, the organization? That's kind of one that, you know, 
I don't want to tell people how to live their lives, but but I like people who um, watch out for other people, people who are charitable, people who are, you know, like other people. But but those are the four things that we do. We actually quantify them, turn them into a point system and actually bonus our people based on that. You don't have to bonus them. It, but but if you're tracking them this way, the um, you know, the, the, the being able to um, make sure that you're in alignment, not just saying it, but I actually have quantifiable items that show that I'm in alignment. Uh, it's, 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 it's pretty neat stuff. And, and you're right. When we first started doing it, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I thought it was all hogwash. But I read Traction. I read all of those different books and started to really uh, um, use them. And um, they've been very successful for us. So results, accountabilities, uh, growth, and what was the other one? So ours are results, accountability, growth, and learning. Learning. So they're, they're your core values, Dan. So it's it basically, Dan said the same way. He just basically said, now you got to put some numbers to it, which I agree, which I would fully expect from an accountant. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, Dan, we have whittled away our time here talking just about the deadly behaviors and kind of these uh, three buckets. We may have to do a follow-up one because there's another section here. And, and of course, you know, obviously our listeners are not looking at Dan and I, believe it or not, we actually do. We Sometimes we do an outline. I don't know why we do it. We don't ever follow it. Obviously, as everyone can see that we're, we're wrapping up here before we're done. But we've got more sections here on, you know, ways to salvage a relationship and then when you can't and what you do. And, and maybe what we should do is maybe we should bring in an expert that would talk you through you know, the mechanics of doing this. But I think for now, and again, I think we've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish in this episode, which is to talk about getting to that decision. Because I think that's obviously, the, I mean, that's that's the root start, right? Is you've got to get to a point that you know that there needs to be a change and you, you're willing to go through whatever that takes to make that change. And so, um, Dan, any parting thoughts here before we wrap up this segment? Again, we can kind of get into, I think we'll have to do another segment on the mechanics of it, but any any parting thoughts on making that decision? No, I, I think that we we covered most of the outline, but we definitely skipped the uh, the mechanics of what do you do when, when you make that decision. And maybe you're right, we should have an expert in, and uh, I have just the expert we will ask that person to come back and uh, see if we can uh, get her to uh, talk about this issue. That's it's always so much fun. I to this day, it's been a long time since I've had to do this personally, but I always get a pit in my stomach. And, and, and I think this is why most people procrastinate, because I think if you enjoy doing that, I mean, it, ultimately, it's a failure on your part as a leader. Um, it, it, you know, no one enjoys it. And so anyway, we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the easiest the easiest thing to do is to fire somebody you don't like. The most difficult thing to do is fire somebody that you do like. And okay, and no you're right, it puts a pit in your stomach and creates uh, stress. So anyway, I will not uh, delay your end to the program. My so end to the program, yeah. So just a reminder, everyone, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please go out and rate and review our podcast. Uh, we, we love helping folks and, you know, we want folks to know and, uh, you know, know that there's a resource for our industry and, and essentially how it puts a lot of the business concepts that we know into practice in our industry. Um, so if you could do that, it'd be fantastic. We'll also put up just kind of some show notes that we had on pmpindustryinsider.com. And lastly, and we'll, we'll announce this in other podcasts as well, we're running a contest right now where folks can win a Yeti 
or um, a set of AirPods or a couple of sets of AirPods. That's just kind of sharing the podcast on LinkedIn. If you've not gotten an email, you don't know what we're talking about. Just go to pmpindustryinsider.com or just go into LinkedIn, look up Dan and myself, and we will get it all squared. And with that, we're signing off. We'll see you all next time. Take care, everyone.